Hello, I'm Dr. Shante, and welcome to another season of Believing Bigger Podcast. All right, y'all, so here we are at episode six, season five, Which Soil Are You? This is a good one, and it is coming from Matthew 13, three through six, and it says this. Then he told them many things in parables. Okay, talking about the crowds now, because Jesus used to speak in parables. And he said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So today I'm asking the question, which soil are you? And so we're going to be talking about those four soils. We're going to be talking about the snatch seed, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and the good soil. So let's get right into it. First, let's talk about the snatch seed. So here, when he's talking about the parable of the sower, the seed refers to the word of God, okay? So one of the reasons why God has delayed his coming, why he has not come back yet, is because he's trying to give everybody everywhere as much an opportunity as possible to hear the word of God. And some of you are so blessed, you don't even realize how blessed you are. Some people will only hear the word of God one time in their life, and that's their opportunity to believe it, to accept it, to, to know God, because they may not ever hear it again. But you hear it all the time, and sometimes when we hear things so much, we just kind of get spoiled, okay? We can, we can listen to podcasts on demand and sermons on demand, but not everybody has that opportunity. So here when he's talking about the seed, he's talking about the Word of God. And so in verse 19, he says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes, talking about the enemy, and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So when Jesus is breaking down this parable, when he's telling it in the first part of the chapter, he breaks it down and tells you what it means in the latter part of the chapter. So in verse 19, he's talking about the snatch seed where it falls along the path and then the birds came and snatched it away. He's really talking about Satan, okay? And here he's saying that this is the person who you're making an effort to grow closer to God, but it overwhelms you. Okay, it overwhelms you. There's a lot of these and thous and thuses and begets and and prophecies and, and it's confusing. And so you're trying to understand the word, but it's not really penetrating because it's so confusing. And because it's confusing to you, God is not the author of confusion, but the enemy is. And so when the word is confusing to you, the enemy lies in wait to snatch away what was sown into your heart. And as a result, you're ignorant of the word. And when trouble comes in your life, you have no anchor to ground you. This is where the enemy wants you because the word of God is the biggest offensive weapon that the believer has to thwart his lies. How many of you have had moments in your life where you had to lean on the word of God and, 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 and God's promises to pull you up out of something? I know I've had those moments. But see, the thing is, when the enemy, when he's confusing things, he takes the word of God out of you so that when trouble comes, you're doing everything but leaning on the word of God. And some of us know people like that, like they might throw up. Well, all right, you know what? God knows my heart. They might say something about God, but then like when trouble come, you looking like mm, something is 
amiss. <laughs> Something is not quite in alignment. Which brings us to the rocky soil. So some of you might feel like, well, that ain't me, okay, because I know the word. I'm not confused. I know the Lord, okay? So let's go on to the rocky soil, right? In this scenario, you're not in it for the long haul. So verses 20 and 21 says, the seed that fell on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the world, they quickly fall away. So we know people like that too, that was praising Jesus today, but now they like, Allah this and Allah that. You like, wait a minute. Wasn't you in church last Easter? Now, you know, you, you rocking a whole nother thing. You know, you hear an uplifting message or a podcast and you receive it with joy. You feel like God is talking to you. So you hear stuff like, I'm the head and not the tail. And you like, praise the Lord. My latter days will be greater than the former days. And you like, praise the Lord. And I can do all things that strengthens me. And so when you hear those things, you receive it with joy and you feel good about it. You might have joined a church. It was all good in the hood. But when trouble comes, hmm? When trouble comes, because sometimes people think that what the God man is talking about in the pulpit or what the woman is talking about in the pulpit means that, you know, you just ain't never going to have no trouble. Please, being a Christian means you're going to be full of trouble. The Bible says that, that that man's days will be full of trouble. But when trouble comes, you revert back to old habits. Now you're cussing folks out. When trouble comes, you sliding into the DMs looking for distractions. I despise the DMs. Oh, I do, you know. And the thing is, I would cut off the DMs if I had not made some really powerful connections or was able to bless somebody. Because sometimes people come to me and say, you know what, sis, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I, I listened to your podcast and I heard such and such episode and I felt like it was talking to me. I, I've been struggling with bad choices and bad decisions. And so I do have an opportunity to minister in the DMs. But y'all know the DMs just ain't nothing but trouble, okay? So when trouble comes, you slide into the DMs looking for distractions, sending out text messages. Hey, you up? Mm-mm, okay? Um, you start doubting God, okay? Or you start taking matters into your own hands instead of trusting God to work it out. You fall into things like depression and despair, and then you blame God for when heartaches and pains come. Where was God when such and such and such and so happened? You know, I have to a pause right here. So yesterday, I was at a funeral. So some of you heard about the story at Central Michigan University, a young man killed both of his parents. They went to my church. And so we had the funeral yesterday. First time in my life I've ever been to a double funeral and it was tough. It was tough, okay. And so, and I'm, I'm looking at the, the surviving siblings, I'm looking at the brother and sister, and I'm just, I'm like, Lord, how? You know, how? You know, just looking at, at the pain, I said, you know, your, your family is just cut down in such a tragic way and it's very easy in those situations to say, well, where was God when so-and-so, so-and-so? So if you're on rocky soil, it's not that you don't believe the word. You believe the word, but as soon as something terrible happens in your life, or as soon as, as a storm comes into your life, boom, you right back out the door. You know, you back to blaming God or trying to fix it yourself or, or I got this. Or you fall into depression and despair because the, the Bible says there's no root. There's no root. There's no root when the, when the word comes. And now that comes to thorny soil. Thorny soil, you're so busy being busy. You're busy being busy. 
So Thorny Soil says this, verse 22 says, the seed that fell among thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So you receive the word, you believe the word, but you so worried about hashtag outfit of the day, hashtag, you know, lipstick of the day, hashtag relationship goals, hashtag squad goals. You so worried about the cares of this life or you paper chasing, you know, the deceitfulness of wealth, making it unfruitful. You know why the God, God calls the pursuit of wealth deceitful? Because first of all, let's look at our constitution. We have entitlements, okay? Health, wealth, and the pursuit of happiness. As far as our constitution, health, wealth, pursuit of happiness. In other words, those are the things that make life quote unquote complete. But when you look at Hollywood, when you take a step back and you see so many of them in rehab, okay? Or you see so many of them commit suicide and things like that. And you think to yourself, what? How is this possible? Because we think that as long as we got money, that solves all problems. But Biggie said, what? More money, more problems, right? So in verse 22, he says, the worries of life and the deceit deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So it's not that you didn't believe it. It's not that you didn't receive it, but you're so busy or you're so worried about things that just don't matter. Things that are so unrelated to the kingdom that it has no effect. And so busy being busy, this means you're on your phone every 20 minutes. I know I'm stepping on some toes, but you know, I'm trying to make you a better person. So you're on your phone every 20 minutes. What's happening on your phone that you couldn't go a whole 30 minutes, okay? You know, every celebrity beef, baby bump and breakup, okay? Because you're scrolling through, you in the shade room. Uh, you can't even get through a sermon at church. You can't even listen to a 25 minute sermon at church because you on Facebook. Well, I was posting about the sermon, stop. <laughs> stop, okay? Leave your phone in the car. You know, you're consumed with the cares of this life. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What am I going to be in five years? Dear future husband, I'm not doing enough and I can't keep up. Worries of life. Worries of life. Busy being busy. When God's word specifically says, Matthew 6, 34, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So you so worried about the future, baby, that you can't even enjoy today. You so worried about dear future husband and, and where am I going to live and how many kids am I going to have? You, I mean, I, Lord forbid, but you not, might not make tomorrow. You might not make that future. That ain't just for old folks. Please tell me y'all know this by now. Y'all old enough to know better. So he said, you so worried about tomorrow that you can't even be in today. And for that reason, the word of God has no effect. It's getting choked out. You believe in the word, but you don't make time for the word. You believe in God, but you don't really have time for God. And if you say, well, I ain't got time, you know, and, and things like that. There's a there's an app. Oh, I'm asked one of my uh, tech folks, Barry, help me out. What's the name of the app that tracks how long you've been on the phone? Moment. 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 Okay, so there's an app called Moment. If you download Moment, it will tell you how, mo how long you really spent on your phone. And some folks be like, I ain't spent no four hours on the phone. Yes, you did. You was words with friending and scrabbling and angry birdsing and candy crushing and toy blasting. You was doing all of that. But you can't make it to Bible study. Mm-mm. I, I ain't got time. You know, I, I just I ain't got time. You do have time. 
Y'all know how that is. We make time for what we want to make time for. So you're searching for peace everywhere, but in the Prince of Peace, okay? Because you're waiting for the phone to ring or you're waiting for your email to pop up with that big opportunity and not realizing that seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and, and his righteousness. And the Bible says, and I will add all other things to you, but we don't want to go that way because the world says go another way. And because of that, insecurities are eating you up. They eating you up. That conversation, how come my brand don't look like this? How come my business ain't popping like so-and-so? How come, you know, I don't have as many followers as this, that, and the third? Please, please. And the thing is, the people that have those followers, you know, read the fine print. We only see what we want to see, but I see so many of them saying, I don't know how to make myself happy, or I'm lost, or I'm in turmoil, or I didn't know where to turn, or I was in a dark place, or I didn't think I was enough. The people that you thought had it all, they struggling too. So this is what it means to, 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 have, to be thorny soil. Which brings us to, is your purpose being choked out? So when good seed falls on bad soil, it cannot produce. When good seed falls on bad soil, it cannot produce. And I wanna ask you, what would you accomplish if you were not so insecure? And insecurity comes from not thinking that you're enough, not thinking that you're good enough, not thinking that you're valuable enough. Sometimes you have imposter syndrome where you get an opportunity and think like, oh, well, who am I to have that opportunity? I ain't nobody. I don't know. I don't know. You think you don't deserve it. Okay. Even when the opportunities come, you think you don't deserve them. Okay. So what would you accomplish if you weren't so insecure? What could you accomplish if you weren't addicted to your cell phone? What would you accomplish if you had a stronger relationship with God? What would you accomplish if you operated in faith instead of fear? Because verse 23 says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. I'm going to tell y'all in podcast. So for those of you out there listening in podcast land or podcast land, at any given time, I don't think I've ever had more than maybe 10, 12 people in pod class ever. Okay. The whole time I've been doing pod classes, but I got over a hundred thousand downloads, five people in the class. Some days it was two people in the class and then 1200 people listen to that episode. Good seed that falls on good soil can produce. And it's not about what it looks like because I could easily come into the classroom and say, well, only five people showed up. Well, only two people showed up. Well, on, but, but my, my ministry, okay, my reach is not just in this classroom. This podcast reaches people I will never see. So for y'all listening, I appreciate you listening because I see the numbers coming in and, and I thank God for you. But the thing is, if I only operated based on my sight lines, if I only operated based on what my following said or my my Instagram stats or my Facebook stats or whatever, then I'd be like, oh, well, I guess it's not working. Oh, well, I guess nobody's listening. Oh, well, I guess nobody's reading. And then here's the kicker. I get this all the time. People that find the podcast, they just happen upon some random episode. And next thing you know, they didn't go on back and they listened to like, two, three seasons. They're like, oh my gosh, I listen to you every day. Because what always trips me out, I usually do about 20, 24 episodes a season. And then y'all know me, I'm off the grid for three months because mama needs a break. Okay. So I'm off the grid for three months. But then that whole three months, people are still listening to the podcast. Okay. So good seed that falls on good soil, the Bible says will produce a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown.
So what are the characteristics of good soil? The characteristics of good soil are this. You need to pray more and worry less. Pray more, worry less. Because what can you do about it? What can you do about it? Forgive often. I know we don't want to hear that. I know we don't because folks do us dirty. But here's the thing. Anytime I get to a place where I'm reluctant to forgive or where I don't want to talk to them no more or, you know, I start fixing on my clothes whenever they walk by so I ain't got to make eye contact. You know how we do. We good at curving people. I always go back to my podcast episode on forgiveness and I say, who is worth the kingdom? Who is worth me burning up the blessings that I'm in prayer for right now? Nobody is worth that. Nobody is worth that, okay? Because there's too many things that, that me and God trying to work on right now. I can't be fooling with you by saying I ain't talking to you no more. I forgive you. May the Lord God bless you real good. Praise him. And <laughs> keep it moving. Good soil means that you're not wound up in envy and comparison, wishing that you had this and wishing that you had that because you want the portion, but do you want the process? We want to talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about the portion. Did David have a portion? Oh, yeah. He went from a kid to a king. But oh, boy, look what he had to go through to get there on the run for his life. Kids, his own kids, raping one another, killing one another. All of those things. David went through a whole lot to get to what he got and was still a man after God's own heart. But he didn't get to where he was without a struggle. Joseph, he didn't get to where he was without a struggle. You cannot find one person in the Bible who God used for in a mighty way that did not go through some sort of struggle before they got there. So don't get caught up in envy and comparison. You don't know what they've been through. And here's the thing about it. You think that your your struggles, your troubles disqualify you from being able to have maximum impact. That's not what the Bible says, because everybody that had maximum impact in the Bible went through some of the same things you went through. So if that's any indication, you're in really good company. These are not a setup to set you back. These are set setbacks for comebacks. Okay, you're coming back. Good soil means that you're focused on the work and not the rewards. And I will tell you this, you know, me and my cinematographer for uh, the film, we had this conversation all the time. We did this with no guarantee of anything. We just knew that we had a really compelling story and we really wanted to get it out there. We didn't have any backers. We didn't have any hookup. We ain't got no Hollywood connect. We just said, this is the story that we know we want to tell. I prayed about it. God said, feed my sheep. And that's the spirit that we operated on. We focused on the work and making sure it was the best work that we could do without any attachment to any sort of rewards. And, you know, we just talked about attachment. Let's put it this way. You can be committed to the goal and detached from the outcome. You can still accomplish the goal, but in terms of the outcome, we need to let those things go. So you're focused on the work, not the rewards. You bear much fruit instead of playing small and rotating between a handful of, you know, clients. Okay, because you, you are scaling up. One of the things that I love about the 12 for 2018, only got one person in Chicago. Everybody else, they're all, they're all over the country, literally from East Coast to West Coast, New Mexico, Georgia. I got people out in California, all the way out in Florida, New Orleans. I'm like, wow. And all of them, every last one of them came through the podcast. Every last one. So you are not playing small anymore, okay, and just rotating between a handful of people. When you got good soil, okay, now you have maximum impact and you recognize abundance all around you. You know, 
every black mother worth her salt has told her child at least one time, it's kids starving in Africa, and here you sitting up here acting like you don't want to eat dinner, okay? It's somebody that would love to have that same meal, and we roll our eyes and be like, oh, ma. But think about your life as it is right now. You know somebody would kill to have your life? such as it is right now, just as it is right now, would love to be able to go home to where it's warm and where they have a choice about what they want to wear in the morning and have a place that they can go to and have the freedom to create and not have to worry about getting shot and all those types of things. Like, we're so blessed, so blessed. But when you cannot recognize the abundance that's already around you, you'll never get more. You'll never get more. So what kind of soil are you? I want to ask you these questions. One, what is keeping you from producing? I'm not talking about funds. What is keeping you from having the kind of impact that reaches people, that draws people closer to their purpose? What is keeping you from trusting God? Trust him. What is keeping you from feeling secure? The word says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And when God says that, most of us, okay, unless there was some sort of, of birth deformity or genetic deformity or some sort of tragic accident, we all have ears but we're not all will, willing to hear because we're too hurt or we're too seduced by the temptations of the world or too trusting in our own efforts. I knew somebody, um, I'm not a materialistic person. I'm not, I just, I'm not. But we know people who can tell you every car that all their friends are driving, so-and-so driving to so-and-so or so-and-so driving to so-and-so. I don't know and I don't care. Like I just, I don't have that, so what, you know? That's where our focus is. They can tell you, you know, what they're wearing and, and what they had on. And, and so they got to go and get it too. And it's like, really? You going broke? Trying to keep up with that type of stuff? You know, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. At some point, you know, you have to divorce yourself from these, these traditional notions of success. Having a million dollars doesn't make you a success. Because the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? and lose his own soul. You can't take a million dollars to heaven or hell, <laughs> okay, to be frank. So what kind of soul of you? When we can't hear God, we can't produce. We don't bear the kind of fruit that bears witness to God's goodness because we don't believe in it. So when you in rocky soil or thorny soil or you in confusion because the enemy is, is working to confuse you, God cannot use you. you he cannot produce in you. You can't bear the kind of fruit that bears witness to his goodness because you don't believe in it. So now is my favorite part of pod class where I turn it over to you. Your biggest takeaway. I thank you. Um, this one hit home for me. Um, I, I think you know that, uh, you know, I've been through all those soils and it wasn't pretty much going through losing myself to find out who I needed to be. And that happened, you know, during the 12. You know, I was around a group um, that was supportive, um, that uh, stripped, you know, all of the things that I considered to be important and to focus on the things that I really needed to, to create the content which God put on my heart to uh, bring to young men um, in this world. So um, definitely a great episode, and thank you. You know, one of the things that he said that I love is that, you know, I had to lose myself to find myself. One of the, the biggest groups that I do love on social media, even though I know I give social media a hard time a lot on this podcast, is that women's movement, that faction of women that just love themselves as they are, that love their bodies as it is and said, look, I ain't got rock hard abs, but I'm cute. <laughs> OK, you know, I may not 
have chiseled this and that or toned or sculpted this and that, but I'm beautiful just as I am. Okay. And so I'm not going to live in the, the when and thens. Well, when I lose a hundred pounds, then I'm going to go to the beach. No, I'm going to the beach now. I'm going on vacation now. I'm going to live right now because I'm enough right now. It's such a waste of life. It's such a waste of life because once time is the only non-renewable resource that we have. When those days are gone, they're gone. And then I would hate for you to get to old age and look back at your life at all the things you could have done if you could have just appreciated it. And I'm going to tell you when this happens. Fellas, you may not be able to relate, but ladies, I'm, I'm going to holler at you right now. How many of you have looked at a picture of yourself from way back when you thought you were fat? And you talked about yourself and be like, oh, I can't wait till I. Right now, you would kill to have that body back. That same one that you complained about. You'd be like, oh, my gosh, if I could just go back to that size. But when you were that size, all you did was complain about being that size. You complain about the life that you got right now. You're going to get to a point in your life. Keep it up. You're going to get to a point in your life where the days that you have right now will have left you and you will wish that you had gone to the beach, that you had gone on vacation, that you had done the things, believing that you are enough right now before you get to a point in your life where you can't do it anymore. So that's where we are. If you got comments, takeaways, questions, you guys know where you can hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believing Bigger with Dr. Shante. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to follow Dr. Shante, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says.